Good morning again. If you have your Bibles today and you would, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. As we're turning there this morning, you know, we, we look into God's Word and we learn truths for life. And we learn principles and commands and instructions to live by. And this morning, I want to share with you a message entitled, Freedom Requires Attention. Freedom Requires Attention. Over two centuries ago, a group of men assembled in Philadelphia endorsed the words of Thomas Jefferson that prefaced one of the major political revolutions in human history. Words that stir the feelings of persons who seek and value freedom. And those words are these. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Freedom, the ideal in every age. Where do we seek it? Where does it come from? How do we exercise it? What exactly is this freedom that we so long for? People have always loved freedom. The Revolutionary War was a war of freedom. World War I was fought to make the world free and safe for democracy. World War II was fought because the freedom of people was being threatened. People love freedom. People hunger for freedom. They hunger for religious freedom, for political freedom, for economic freedom. And so we ask these questions, we look at these questions, and and this morning what I want us to do is consider from the truths and the principles of God's Word that we are in pursuit of continuing on the path that was set by that group of men over two centuries ago. And so we go to God's Word in Galatians, the fifth chapter, beginning in verse 13. It says this, For you were called to freedom. You were called to that. A calling that leads you in that direction. You were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. I think it's interesting that he, he contrasts these two things. Being called to freedom and don't turn it into an opportunity for your flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, as I read 
through that passage of Scripture, as I read those words, there are three things that immediately become obvious to me that are important in relationship to our freedom. The first is this. Some seek freedom by force. Some seek freedom by force. Notice verse 15. He says, if you bite and devour one another. That is by force. That is me exercising my strength, my ability, my power over another. If you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. That is an act or an action of freedom, uh, of, uh, of uh, force, is trying to take my freedom by force. That I am, am biting, I am devouring, I am consuming another in order to pursue that which I desire. Freedom by force is not freedom at all. And people who take freedom by force respect neither the person nor the property of others. Their sole intent is what he talks about in this passage. And that is to satisfy their own lust, their own desires, or their own agenda, whatever the nature of that might be. Their motto is might makes right. However, with this philosophy comes fear, not freedom. Those who seek their freedom by force will live in fear. The fear that they live in is this. Who's coming behind me that is mightier than I? Who's coming behind me who will overcome or overtake my freedom? Or the position that I have secured by might, there's always someone else who is stronger. There's always someone else who is mightier. There is always someone else who has greater force. And so suddenly... This freedom that they think they obtained by force becomes fear because they begin to live in this idea of looking over their shoulder. They become paranoid that, that everyone is against them, that everyone is seeking to destroy them because they're at the top. By force and by power they have overtaken and so suddenly... The paranoia and, and the idea that someone is coming to take this away from me begins to overwhelm them. And in that overwhelming act or understanding that I receive this, this false freedom by some force or power, there is someone else coming to take it away from me. And so they live in constant fear, not freedom. So if we think that by might or by force or by power we can obtain freedom, we are mistaken. God's Word says that is not where freedom comes from. The second thing that I see this morning is that some seek freedom through the law. And he makes a comparison of that, Paul, as he writes to the church at Galatia. And notice what he says in verses 17 and 18. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. That is such an important statement for us as believers. Is that if we are living by the Spirit, the Spirit gives us direction. 
And that direction often is in opposition to human nature. The natural direction, that's the flesh that he's talking about, that I would take. But if you are led by the Spirit, notice what he says, you're not under the law. So there are those who seek freedom by the law. And they feel that by law, freedom can come into their life. The Spirit, while the Spirit leads us to live with the law, that we are not under the law. And that's an important distinction that he makes there. The difference in living with the law means that I'm led by the Spirit to want to obey the law. The Spirit motivates me to do right and to obey the law. While living under the law is not connected to the Spirit, but rather an attitude of obligation and control. I have to obey the law. I must do what is right. Then there's a real difference in an attitude that says, I want to do what's right. I want to obey the law. I want to be a good citizen. And then an attitude that says, well, this is the law and I have to obey it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. I'm obligated. It controls me. It dominates me. Those are two distinct different attitudes. And he says if we are living by the Spirit, it is in conflict or contrast with the flesh and fleshly desires, the natural things. So laws are made, and we must understand laws are good. Laws are good and they are made, intended, in order for a civilization to function in peace and harmony. But it does not provide complete freedom. While laws are needed to help us to deal with things in a society, the problem that we're facing today is that the world has come to a point that it no longer believes in absolute truth everybody wants to make their own laws everybody wants to live by their own set of rules and so we look around and we say that may be what you want to live by but it's not what i want to live by that may be your idea or what you think is best but that's not what my ideas or what i think is best and so we give this false idea that if i give myself a set of rules or, or values or laws that are mine, then I'm free to do whatever it is I want to do. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. How often do you hear in our world today this prevailing thought, don't be concerned about what anybody else thinks. I'm not worried about what anybody else thinks. All I'm worried about is me. And so in relationship to that, we begin to develop this idea that there is no absolute truth. Your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And they may not be the same, but that's okay. I'm going to do what I want to do. You do what you want to do. The problem with that is, is that when those two sets of ideas come in conflict with one another, or they are opposed to one another, then it creates a problem for us. And so in the world, there has to be law that is the absolute truth. And we all must adhere to that law and that absolute truth if we desire to live at peace and harmony with one another. But when we have reached a point when what anyone else thinks or what anyone else believes or what anyone else desires doesn't matter to us, all that matters is us, 
we have reached a point where we are at an impasse of being able to live in harmony and peace with one another. We have ceased to believe that there are bounds of law and absolute truth that direct our lives. And he speaks to that. Let's go back again and read in the text and see what he says. He says, But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So he's talking about the natural fleshly desires. This is is part of my human makeup. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh... For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you desire. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Notice when he backs up to verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Being servants of others. He said, it's not about fulfilling your own desires. It's not about fulfilling your own lust or your wants. He said, it's about surrendering to serve others. And in that, he says, this is the whole law. And we talk about people who seek freedom by the law. He says, and this is the whole law. That you love your neighbors, you love yourself. That you make what's important to other people important to you. That you make their greater good as important to you as your own good. And you stop and think about that for a moment and begin to realize that that the law, while good, and while it has its place, and law can give us direction, law cannot make us completely free. We can, can legislate morality, we can, can legalize things all we want for morality, but if people do not adhere to those laws, then we still have chaos. So we cannot legalize or, or law ourselves through the process of freedom. So where is freedom found? Where does freedom come from? Well, freedom is found in grace. It is available through faith, and it expresses itself in love. That's the third thing I want to see today. Freedom is found in grace. It is available only through faith, and it expresses itself in love. We look at this text again, and we begin to see. I want you to look and listen for those three things. I want you to listen for grace. I want you to listen for faith. And I want you to listen for the expression of love as we read through this again. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh is set its desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. So that you may not do the things that you please. Love or freedom. Freedom 
comes through grace. Did you hear that? Grace is what is meant by walking by the Spirit. If I am walking by the Spirit, then I am in Christ, and Christ is in me, and that only happens through grace. Grace, the Scripture, or or the uh, uh, old-time-tested slogan or words of grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. The words G-R-A-C, the letters G-R-A-C-E, grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace can only come through Christ Jesus. And can only come through our being in Christ Jesus. This truth is, God gives us what we do not deserve through grace. Mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. But grace is God giving us something that we do not deserve. Something that we cannot earn, we cannot pay for, we cannot obtain in any other way. It is His free gift that He gives to us that we do not deserve. And we must be willing to accept it. And accepting it allows us then to live by the Spirit. And so so freedom comes through grace that we receive through faith. Did you hear what he's talking about? He said, listen, there are the desires of the flesh, the natural fleshly desires. And then there is the leading of the Spirit. And he said, they're in opposition to one another. So there are a lot of things in life that we go through. And as we go through these things, we think, well, this seems to be best to me. This seems to be the best path or the path of least resistance or or the path that will create the the least amount of damage or difficulty for me. This seems to be a good way. It's reasonable that I should go this way. But, well, all the time that I'm thinking about this path that I should be taking, the Spirit, on the other hand, says, that's not the right path. And so he says they're in opposition to one another. And faith comes when it doesn't really make sense to us, when we can't clearly see the path for us, and yet we trust the leading of the Spirit. And so in faith, I choose to go the direction that God's Word and God's Spirit is leading me in life. I'll give you a very simple example of that. I go to work, and I get paid. I bring in a certain amount of money. And I look and my bills take all of that money. And the reasonable thing to me says, well, I can't tithe or give, like Aaron was talking about earlier, to the church or to the Lord because all of my money takes, is taken up by my bills. And, and so reason says to me, I'm not going to obey the instruction of God's Word to tithe or to give of the first fruits to the Lord because I need all of this money to pay all of my bills. But God's Word says, give to Him of the first fruits, and then He will bless us in relationship to that. And so it is a step of faith to say, you know what? God's Word says one thing, fleshly, my, my natural instinct is that the best thing to do here is to take care of these things with this amount of money and I don't have anything left. And he says, I tell you what, you give to me first. And then you take care of those other things and see if I don't bless you and meet those needs. And it takes faith to take that step. 
It takes faith to believe that truth in God's Word and put into action that principle in my life. And, and not just that, there are hundreds of others of those kinds of instances and circumstances and principles that are taught from God's Word. But that's a very easy one to see the difference in regards to the instruction of God's Word. And he says, if you will walk by the Spirit, that's grace, and, and not allow yourself to be controlled by the fleshly natural desires, to be controlled by the instructions and leading and principles of God's Word, that's faith. Then he says those are exercised or demonstrated in love. Loving the Lord and loving others. Putting Him first and putting others first over our own desires. So, so let's, let's take a pause for just a moment. I, I think every one of us would agree that our world today in which we live, it's a struggle. I, I mean, there are, are things coming at us left and right that are nowhere close to moral, biblical, ethical values of God's Word. We are being pulled in many different directions in regards to those things. And as we think about that and how it affects us, we think about all the fighting, we think about all of the disrespect, we think about all of these things that are going on in the world, ask yourself this question. If everyone in this world loved others, and put them before themselves in life, what difference would that make in our world? How different would our world be if everybody wasn't so selfish? If everybody wasn't so self-centered? If everybody didn't say, I'm going to get what's due me, and I don't care what happens to anybody else. If people would in turn say, you know what, I care about my fellow man. I value their life. I respect who they are. I, I care about their future and I care about their life and I care about whether their needs are being met. And all of those things, what a difference our world would be. And that's exactly what God's Word is teaching us this morning. He's saying, if you want to be completely free, then He said, you value others. You love the Lord. You love others. You put them at, at a position in life that is over yourself. That you say, I love my neighbor as I love myself. I desire the best for them as I desire the best for myself. And it's the principle of love and service, of meeting the needs of others. Imagine what our world could be like if we all live by those principles in God's Word. Imagine the freedom that we could experience if we live by those principles in God's Word. No fear, for we are loved. No need, because we are served. Freedom to be what we have been called. You have been called to freedom, my brothers, to be. If you want freedom, seek it where it can be found. Not in force, however strong. Not in law, however good, but in faith, which is exercised through love. 
And so this morning, we have an opportunity to experience true freedom through Christ Jesus. And as we prepare to sing our invitation hymn, I want to invite you to experience that true freedom. Freedom that can only come through receiving God's grace and living by His Spirit. Freedom that can only come by exercising our faith and trust in Him and the truths and the teachings and the principles of His Word. Freedom that can only come when we express our freedom and our position in Christ through love for others. If you need to make a decision today, if you need someone just to to pray with you today, whatever needs on your heart, won't you come as we stand and we sing.